Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Oh, shit. I'm taking on all comers. Pause. No homo. It is Wednesday, April 15, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Moore. Uh, got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight for sure. Um, best of the best, 14 went down. I was there live. I'm definitely going to get into reviewing that. Um, got a, you know, a bunch of other stuff on my mind, too, that I'm going to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to the, uh, the best of the best thing a little bit you know, later on. Um, I got my Spartan Beast race, my first race and biggest race of the year. I'm doing eight races this year, and um, this is the first and biggest, and it is Saturday. It is a couple days away. All my training is behind me, at least leading up to this race. Of course, as soon as this race is over, the training begins again, you know, for more and more. Um, This is uh, a bad motherfucker, man. This is what I've trained for. It is 13 miles on a mountain and, um, you know, probably 35-plus obstacles. Um, Tremendous, tremendous race. It is 
exactly what it says it is. It is the Spartan Beast. I will tell you this again next week, but I'm telling you right now, anybody who completes this fucking race is a beast. I don't care what anybody out there's definition of the word beast is. People like to see a guy, you know, jacked up, 260 pounds, all of this bullshit. There's a lot of those fucking guys that aren't coming close to scratching the surface of this type of race. Um, It it takes a shitload of upper body, uh, obviously a lot of lower body as far as the running and stuff. But they got you, you know, picking things up and carrying them uphill. They got you climbing, uh, you know, pulling yourself over walls, crawling, swimming, all this crazy shit. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it takes full fucking body and obviously a shitload of endurance and mental toughness to get through this type of, uh, task, man. So, uh, I have my work cut out for me. It is an intimidating race to say the least, but I'm ready. I'm going forward and, uh, I can't wait, man. It's, it's, uh. The time has come, and uh, it's saying the weather is supposed to be 72 a.m. showers, more or less saying. So uh, my race is at 1.30. So all the terrain will be done, and it'll be 72 degrees, which sounds fucking fantastic to me. I'm hoping that holds up and all is well there. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, fucking intense, man. Um so yeah, I, I'm um tomorrow I'm actually going to um get a consultation on a, another tat I'm getting. It's been a while since I got anything done. Well last last year I did. I'm gonna be getting animal from the Muppets on uh on my left arm. Which um I'm I'm big on symmetry. And um on my right bicep I have the Niner symbol, which is the red you know what I mean, the red Niner symbol. And I, that's the only other color I have on my body. My back is tiger striped. I have my girls' names on my forearms with a little bit of tiger striping behind it. Um, so, you know, the symmetry, uh, symmetry continues, and I try to, you know, incorporate what's going on on one side on the other side. So I got my girls' names on, you know, both sides, a little bit of tiger striping. That way it keeps in line with what I got going on with my back. Um, now I got the red symbol on the right bicep, left bicep's going to have animal, obviously has a ton of red on him. So it'll be, um, pretty symmetric. You know, I have my own thoughts as far as, uh, what I like and don't like about tattoos. And there's a lot that I don't like. Um, I've said a million times, I'm not a skull guy. I don't like fucking skulls. I don't see what the big deal is about them. Um, everybody's into skulls, so. I mean, they're tremendously played out on top of the fact that I just, I don't see, you know, it's uh, it's like the frame of a house. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's everybody's got a skull, but that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's taken on this super tough image and stuff, you know, through horror movies and, and all that type of stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's the least tough thing possible because if you removed all the muscle, from a person and brought them down to bare bones, you would have zero strength. And that's, um, that's what a skull symbolizes to me. I I don't know. Um, obviously there's a million tough, bad motherfuckers that rock skulls and all that. I'm not saying that everyone who wears the skull is a bitch. I mean, that would be a, a ridiculous statement. I just personally, I don't have any, um, I don't have any love for skulls. (laughs) I just don't, I don't think it's that cool. Um, a lot of people have flowers 
flowers are, uh, you know, beautiful. I, I'm big on plants. I like to plant stuff in my yard, and I like the look of flowers, I like the pictures of flowers, that type of thing. But I wouldn't wear them, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't wear a shirt with a flower on it, so I sure as hell wouldn't tattoo a flower on me. So, you know, I mean, what's most important about tattoos is getting something that you like, something that means something to you. And, um, you know, that, that's important overall more than anything else. And, you know, I was always a huge Muppet fan as a kid. And, uh, you know, animal's my dude. So, you know, I'm going to go and get the animal. Uh, uh, you know, I um, and, I'm, and I'm going for, um, I found an artist that I think I like, um, at least from what I've seen online. And what I'm going for is not a cartoon version of Animal, more so the puppet. So it should be more 3D, more lifelike, not just a you know a 2D cartoon of uh, of Animal. So that's what I'm going to at least get the consultation going tomorrow. See what I could schedule for after the race, because you know if I'm going to get ink, you got to plan that shit in between. You know, uh, dragging yourself over walls and under barbed wire and. Um, you know, all of that rough shit that's going on during a race, you do not want to get brand new ink and then drag yourself a mountain obstacle race. So that would be silly. Um, so there's that. Um, I had seen a lot of talk and this whole thing about uh, the Briscoes passing up the WWE's offer, apparently, and saying that the Ring of Honor made a better offer, so they sided with them. Um couple things that you know that i that i see this as i personally think that there's more personal based motives as far as them not taking the wwe's offer um i don't think anyone's stupid enough to look at an indie company and just see it as a better opportunity i I think that's insane um i think you know they do run their own businesses and you know the whole chicken thing that they do and all of that stuff And I think, you know, going out on the road and being full-time WWE, I think that completely removes them from that situation. Um, Obviously, they can relocate themselves as far as, you know, themselves and their family to Florida. But in the same token, I think that that uh, definitely puts a permanent damper on, you know, what goes on with their, their home life as far as what they're used to and stuff like that. You travel a lot with Ring of Honor and indie wrestling as a whole, but you still have your home base. And uh, obviously they've been able to manage and operate, you know, the businesses that they do run. So I personally, and I don't know them, I have no insight on the situation, but I would personally think that that has a lot more draw on their decision than just saying Ring of Honor made a better offer financially than, than the WWE because that's fucking moronic. Um, I, you know, and I've had, I've had that selfish mentality of an indie fan at times in the past. I don't anymore. But um, that, hey, I, I'd rather them stay on the indies because I want to see them and this and that. Um over time of actually seeing people make it to TV, like uh, Dean Ambrose, also known as John Moxley, and those guys, and guys that you know I've stood hanging out in a parking lot with, and um, you know knowing that these guys in that fucking building were making pretty much shit for money and entertaining the fuck out of me, but they needed to do another twelve of those bookings that month. 
in order to even make it, you know, and really aren't going to have anything to hang their hat on at the end of the, the day, end of the week, month, year. And especially when it comes to the long term, as far as their career goes, um, you know, being able to just stop doing it and have money because of what they put in all those years, that really doesn't exist on the Indies. And um, at least not that I know of. I know Japan can bring in some good money, but I, I don't think that Ring of Honor is going to uh, provide some form of retirement level money where when these guys stop, that they'll be all set. Um, so, that that's number one as far as these guys and what I look at. Um, you know, you want the best for these guys that are entertaining you. We're really blessed to see these guys on the indies, the guys that, you know, are absolutely cut out for TV and um, can easily make millions of dollars if put in that situation. I mean, obviously, we're blessed to be able to see them at the time that they are on the indies, and that's awesome. You know, we're we're getting – some of the top talent in the world before they hit the main stage. So we're getting a lot of entertainment that in the long run, the world will be exposed to where they possibly haven't seen any of them before. And next thing you know, you you know, you see little kids all over the place running around with shirts of guys that, you know, you spent, you know, some Saturday night in a, you know, a bingo hall or high school gym or something watching we're really only that couple hundred to a thousand people. And, you know, obviously on the Indies, a thousand is a big crowd. But sometimes, you know, 150, 200 people are the only people that shared even the interest in those guys that you're watching. And they're now fast forward to being on national television and pay-per-view and all that and sitting there, you know, 50-inch TV with those guys, high definition on WrestleMania. I mean, it's just, to me, I get more satisfaction out of seeing that now than just saying, okay, I know he's going to be there next month on a Saturday at a bingo hall or, uh, you know, you know, whatever the location is. I get way more satisfaction knowing that that guy is going to show up on my TV on Mondays or even on you know on the internet the way the uh, the NXT thing runs on the WWE network and that type of thing, knowing that they're going to show up weekly on that, over knowing that they're going to be at some shithole you know once a month. I, I now personally get such a better feeling out of that. So, um, the way I view it. So, as far as the WWE versus indie uh, opportunity wise. I mean, you know, I mean, WWE can chew you up and spit you out and give you really nothing. Um, but in the same token, talent like the Briscoes, guys like that, you know, these guys could reign. They could reign over the tag division. I mean, those guys can go in there um, and get a good following going and do everything that they're capable of doing. These guys are great at promos. They're great workers. Their chemistry in the ring is ridiculous. Um you know, they got an original look that doesn't look like everybody else. It's just, you know, cookie cutter, uh, you know, default wrestler in a in a video game, that type of thing. They um they really, really stand out. They make their presence known and um I think that they would succeed. Of course I could be wrong, but I think obviously, like I said, when you're talking about opportunity and better offers, regardless of what the uh walk in the door fee is 
nobody out there believes that Ring of Honor is a better opportunity than than the WWE. That's insane. You get some Japan stuff going, so possibly you can make some good money off of that crossover. Hey, I don't know what Ring of Honor pays. It might be pretty good, especially when you talk about jockeying for position with the WWE on contract offers. Uh, They might be paying the Briscoes pretty good. But I think it really comes down to relocating, making that leap, and changing what your day-to-day, you know, week-to-week is. I would only have to guess that that is is what the the big difference is. Um, On the positive side of things, um, and, you know, not to just say it's completely negative that the Briscoes are staying in ROH, but in the same token, like, I – I have a really hard time keeping interest in Ring of Honor at all. Um, so to me, it's not a plus to me. Um, and, and it's not a slam on Ring of Honor, but in the same token, they're just unable to keep my interest. Like I've watched a bunch of their pay-per-views, saw a bunch of their matches on paper and said, oh man, that looks good. That looks good. Almost every single time without me planning that to happen while watching these pay-per-views, I doze off. Like something about it, it's whether it's its pacing whether it's the black <laughs> black ring ropes, ring ring apron, floor mats, guardrails, you know, like the entire thing being black. Um, I don't know if it's the color scheme. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Something about it makes it hard for me to even really fully focus on and um, maintain interest. So, and that could very well be just me, but... Um, I just feel like if they are on the indies, I'd love to see them in your pro wrestling gorillas, in your, um, you know, IWA Mid South, you know, doing some stuff over there. Because Ian, man, say what you want about that guy, but he knows how to book some shit that other people didn't think of before. Really innovative booking. Yeah, you like to see him pop into CZW and wrestle their top tag teams. I, I like. Obviously, I like top talent being on the indies, but I hate them being on the indies as well as restricted. That is like the biggest kick in the teeth for an indie fan because um, although it might be some kind of plus towards that one company, um, you know, these other indie companies are kind of, you know, held back. And I know that the general thought process is, well, that makes you have to watch Ring of Honor. Unfortunately, if you don't draw my attention, I don't care who you book on that card. If um, your product overall is not interesting, I, I don't. It's not really going to matter what names you put on that card, it, to me. Again, it's it's just my opinion. Um, but like I said, on the positive side, Uha Nation. I've seen pictures surfacing with him at the NXT training facility. Uha is one of the most talented athletes in all of wrestling. Um, he's He's at a size doing things that guys that size shouldn't be doing. Um, he's so tremendously talented, and um, I, I think he's a super humble dude. From what I've talked to him, I had him on the show. Um, he was just one of the nicest guys you could talk to, and he's always been super humble when I've seen him in person at, at CZW shows. Um, and, um, yeah, he, he's just great. So, um I wish him the best, and I honestly think you're going to see that guy up top. I mean, I, I really, really would be surprised if he didn't have tremendous success in the WWE universe, whether it be NXT, which I think he'll excel pretty quick, 
and um, you know, to see him on TV and not be a member of the New Day for Christ's sakes. But um, I think he's going to do really, really well. Um, another semi WWE related situation is uh, more CM Punk butthurt. Um, CM Punk did an interview, and I think within the interview, he said something along the lines. I'm going to paraphrase. Um, in the phony world of professional wrestling, uh, what does it really mean to be the best? It's something that he struggled with for a while. And, um, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the positioning is is up to somebody else, regardless of what your talent level is. And a lot of people got really upset by it. I saw a lot of wrestlers posting some, you know, fuck you type shit and how dare you type comments. Um, I personally see the point he was trying to make, and I agree with it. Um, I think everybody got severely um, emotionally wounded because of the word phony. Um, you know, whenever you attach the word phony or fake or those type of things to professional wrestling, people immediately take offense. And I think that's um I think that's the one thing that he actually said that was offensive there. And I don't I'm not offended that easily by things like that. But um I think it's absolutely true as far as um you know, no matter how good you are, no matter how talented you are, it's still up to the owner of a company, the promoter of a company, in order to put you in that top spot. Just a couple quick examples. Um, the Macho Man Randy Savage, he just now got into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, now, obviously, there were rumors for years and years about his possible involvement with Stephanie McMahon, or whatever the case was. Now, if that that's true. That's true. If it's not, it's not. But there was something politically that was keeping him out of the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, that didn't matter that he was, um, I, I consider him like top three of all time. Um, and, you know, I would say there's not many people out there that wouldn't put him top ten of all time. So, I mean, if you inducted ten wrestlers, which they've inducted a lot more than that, you know, Drew Carey winds up in the Hall of Fame, but not yet the Macho Man. Well, that, that that's clear proof that no matter how good you are, it's still up to somebody else's decision to put you in the place that you may or you know you may belong. Um, another good example is Dolph Ziggler, a guy who you know has been vouched for by a million guys and workers and fans and everything everywhere that he's just a tremendous in-ring worker. He sells his ass off. He's got a great look. He, um, you know, he's not bad on promos. They had a little bit of a run where they were giving him some mic time, and he wasn't bad. Um, he's, he's paid his dues as far as, um, you know, putting in time in the company. And the WWE's just decided that his place is the mid-card. They've given him a little bit of bumps up in this and that, but where they really want him to reside is the mid-card. And I think pretty much everybody would agree that this guy belongs up top. You'd love to see him with a world title run or really legitimately contend for the world title and stay in that main event picture. The guy can obviously hang. Um, He can make anyone look like a million bucks in that ring, but the WWE has decided that he belongs on the mid card. And 
the same goes for Cesaro. Cesaro constantly, constantly gets criticized for being held down, for being buried, for being this. I'm not the most current on the WWE product. I know as far as WWE, uh, the WrestleMania weekend went, he left there still the tag team champion. So I, I really don't agree with people continuing this held down nonsense just because a guy isn't up top, but it is a good example that where they decide you're going to sit is where you sit. And it doesn't matter that you're the best. It really doesn't. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how amazingly you perform or, or what someone else would choose to do with you as a talent. It all comes down to the decision of a promoter. And I think, or, or, you know, an owner of a company. And I think that was the, that was the point that Punk was trying to make. I think the point he was trying to make is, you know, in a sport like MMA or something, if you beat everybody, you're clearly the best. That's not the way wrestling works. You know, the, the wins and losses are predetermined and the placement of these guys here and there is predetermined by someone else. So, no matter of your talent level, it doesn't really dictate where you're going to sit, what your position is going to be, what level you might rise to as far as the level of quote-unquote success in wrestling, which I think success in wrestling is, um, is subjective. I, I, I think that there's many ways to view it, and I would argue that CM Punk was never, um, I don't want to say he was never held back, um, what I'm saying is I think he was tremendously successful. I know for a long time he measured it on did he main event WrestleMania, but that I had, that may matter to him. That may have been a personal goal he had. But when it comes down to it, I mean, the guy, you know, had the longest reigning, you know, WWE heavyweight championship run in history. You know, this this guy accomplished tremendous things. And despite supposedly Triple H and those guys didn't like him. So he had to really defy the odds. And to a certain extent, his ability did get him pretty far. It still doesn't dictate you being able to do exactly what you want every minute because it is, it is uh, scripted by somebody else. So I really think that was the point he was gonna, he was trying to make. I know a lot of people are just really upset with CM Punk as a whole just for him leaving the WWE, just for him leaving wrestling. He's got a big, you know, um, he's got a big level of hatred through fans and other wrestlers and stuff like that because the people who are still in wrestling and still living that life don't want to hear that he found something different or that he's moved on because it's it's what they're doing, you know. Um, I mean, I think you could probably find that in any job. You get a job that you do including the job I work, a job that you're there a long, long time. You get someone else who's there a long time, and all of a sudden they decide, hey, I'm going to do something else, and they're going to talk about that something else as if it's better. And they're leaving what you do, and you're still doing it when they leave. So there's always going to be a part of you that goes, fuck them, what do they know about better? You know, grass is always greener on the other side, you know, what the so, of course, there's always going to be somewhat of an offense taken, but I personally, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little biased on it. I'm a CM Punk fan. Um, I haven't been offended by any of the moves he's made thus far. 
I think he accomplished a tremendous amount in wrestling, uh, especially for a guy who's straight edge. And um, I don't, you know, I don't know the guy personally to know that he's, uh, you know, he's held true to all of that. I'm not accusing him of being anything different of that, but I don't know. I mean, if, if everything's as he says it, you know, wrestling is a hard thing to do and, you know, continue to stay drug free and alcohol free and, nothing to kind of numb the pain at the end of the night, you know. Um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that do it that way and handle it without any substance, but you got to give a guy a lot of credit for going through that type of schedule and, and battling injuries and doing it, you know, clear-headed. So, I don't know. I've always given a guy a lot of credit. I know he's he, he was considered a dick to a lot of people on the indies. I don't expect him to uh, rub everybody the right way, especially as a millionaire, for Christ's sake, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't, uh, yeah, I got no problem with the guy. But, um, on another note, um, speaking of hating, I posed the question on Facebook earlier today, but I'm wondering if Hillary Clinton becomes president, are all the closetists going to spend every single day trying to be offended by every every single move she makes every single every single thing that she says every bill that gets passed everything that gets signed in every place that she is every statement she makes are people who are closet sexist going to go out of their way to be offended by it I'm very curious because clearly for the past eight years all the closet racists in the world have acted like they're now complete political activists. These guys are now um, the smartest political geniuses in the world. You know, we went through those years with President Bush, man. Um, they had day-to-day calendars, and it wasn't the same thing, man. It wasn't the same thing where people are just picking on them. It was legitimate. This dude spoke like a retard, like a like a flat out retard. There was day to day calendars, three hundred and sixty five days of year a year, quoting retarded things that that dude said. And every day you'd flip through and go, I can't believe he's. You got to be fucking kidding me. And it would give you the date and like situation that he said it in. You know, and and it was just crazy shit, just crazy retarded shit. And he got us into a war that lost all those fucking lives and continue to lose his life. That ball got rolling through him, and it was all based on lies. And you didn't hear a tenth of these fucking people day in and day out, oh, our fucking president, oh, look at this fucking guy now. Bush got criticism, but not at the level of hatred that Obama has gotten. And I I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think politicians are always going to fuck us. I mean, there's no maybes about it. I don't think that we're going to get a president that everyone absolutely loves and everything's tremendous and everyone's going to be happy with life. And I think that's partially just because people don't know how to live a positive life. They want to be miserable every minute of the day. They're the same people that, you know, get to work. And, you know, two hours into work, they're going, I can't wait for this day to be over. Those are the same people that are going to find reasons to be miserable with what their government's doing, with what the fucking weather looks like, with what, um, you know, I mean, every facet of their life, this is the way that they live their life. Um, 
But when it comes down to the black dude in office, I've never heard more critical people. And like I said, this is following a president that led us into war on false pretenses. And they have billed Obama as as like a, a war criminal and, and um, you know, like just the worst president that's ever lived. Like these people type this shit on a regular, regular fucking basis every day. You can go through and find comments on, on everything that goes on. And, it, and it's just ridiculous. It really, really is. Um, the thing is, too, um, I got to say that I was – I'm not a huge, like – I'm not political at all. But I will say this. Um, I don't feel super strong about Hillary being president for the reason of, number one, there's other countries that feel women are completely inferior. Um, they're, they have laws that make it legal to completely – degrade and abuse women and treat them um, very, you know, subpar, like lower forms of life than the males. Um, I feel that this is going to, um, this is going to make it look to them as if our country is weaker by having a woman as president. Now, to me it won't, but to other people that could pose a threat to us, I, th- I see a possibility of them trying to spring into action, take advantage of a situation because of their feelings on women. Um, I don't feel that we should, you know, cater to other countries' um, you know, belief system or any of that nonsense, but I feel like that's that's going to be in the works as far as what happens next. Um, but my other thought is I got to hope that she wins the presidency because the Republican side of things – I don't know, man. They might have some good ideas as far as this this or that financially. I mean, maybe there is some changes that they would make that would steer the country in a better um you know, in in a better direction. I, I that I don't really know. One thing I do know is that every Republican that ever comes out takes this strong ridiculous stance against abortion, against gay rights against, uh, you know, legalization of of marijuana and that type of thing. And because they walk that line to take away freedoms and rights from people and actually be, you know, more on the religious side of things where they're biased towards a type of people, that I I can't back that type of thing. So I can't even humor or consider, hey, this Republican might be better than this Democrat, because I would love to weigh things out individually more so than say, well, I'm Democrat all the way. I would rather say, hey, who is the better candidate in this situation? But it seems every single time this one's against gay marriage, this one's against abortion, this one's against, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not with any of that shit. Um, the reason why I think as far as the marijuana thing is um, – should be legal is be, mostly for the taxation of it. I mean, you could bring in millions of dollars just off of it being taxed, just off of it being regulated and taxed. I just that alone, you know, because you know, since I mean, over two years ago is the last time I've uh, done any uh, smoking a weed or anything, but um. You know, and I'm a completely uh, sober dude, so it's it's not something I'm going to be doing in the future. I'm not 
um, super against it or anything like that. And um, I'm definitely not, you know, super for it or whatever because there's um, there's a lot of negatives that I've kind of seen over the time since I've stopped. You know, you, you reflect on some things and some shit you just look at. I, I've learned to live a much, much healthier life. So when you think about somebody jamming something in their sock and sweating their ass off because they're walking past cops and then you taking it from them, Next thing you know, you're handling it. People are chewing on the stems of something that was in someone's sock and shit. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of shit about it that's just fucking gross. And um, like anything else, it's uh, it's habit forming. You know, people that want to paint it like it's not habit forming, but the majority of those people do not miss a day of the week smoking. So they kind of prove their own point when they don't miss a single day. Um, I mean, people who are, you know, tremendously into it and are all about it will tell you that it's not addictive, but ask them when the last day they didn't smoke was. Not likely, and it it's not likely to be considered a good day for them if they did happen to miss a day. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different things. Uh, I could go back and forth on that forever. I'm not going to go on a whole tangent about uh weed and whatever but uh you know I, I like i said i have my different feelings about it i think it's definitely less dangerous than alcohol alcohol is way more dangerous and that's legal so you legalize it you regulate it you tax it and you make fucking millions upon millions of dollars off of the taxation of it then i guess you know you got to look back at the government and what the taxes are doing but i just i don't focus on that shit that much i don't focus on the politics too much because Man, we don't have that long on this planet, and we don't have an actual uh, knowledge of how long we have on this planet. You want to go stare at shit that pisses you off for your entire life because it's going to be over before you know it. I'd rather find things that make me smile, man. I don't think that me looking at it and being upset by it is going to make that tremendous of a difference um, than just kind of rolling with whatever is handed to us, man, because it's there's a lot of crazy shit going on out there, but there's also a lot of beautiful things and um, things that you could really enjoy this life while you're here. So I, I'm choosing that route. So uh, that that's what's up there. Um, trying to think of what else I got. Um, coming off of best of the best, um, I'm going to go into my review on that in a minute. But um, a few side notes. I had um, tried to get a couple guests on the show, um, a couple guys who were in best of the best. And a couple different uh, responses. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, I've been wanting to have that guy on for a while. Um, I'm just, I'm getting around to trying to hit hit up the different guys that um, and girls that I've tried to get over the years, and um, you know, and and see if I can get them on the show. I'm trying to definitely turn it up on interviews this year. And um, Gresham, he's one of the most talented wrestlers in the business. He really is. Um, Unfortunately, he's not doing podcasts right now. Um, so, you know, hopefully in the future, be able to get him on. But what he is going to do is uh, he told me I could send him questions. He'll type out answers, send them back to me. So that's what uh, that's what we're going to do. So what I'm going to do, I sent him 10 questions. Hopefully I'll get answers to those. Like I said, um, I told him. Take your time. There's no rush, man. This, there's no deadline. There's no anything like that on me. I really appreciate the guy's time. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on the Yakuza like page over there. 
hopefully draw some attention over there. I'm trying to get more likes over there, more eyes on the product. You know what I mean? Uh, so all I, you know, all I could do is hope that, uh, you know, people listen to what I'm saying. There's no monetary gain out for this. As I've said many times, I pay a hundred dollars a month at this. So I'm paying, not earning. And, um, I don't see that changing anytime soon, but the least I can get is listeners, you know, more people listening to what I got to say. There's a lot of bullshit podcasts out there. I don't feel like I'm one of them. Um, I know when I compare myself to a lot of these other people I, I listen to painfully listen to, um, I feel I, I lead a far more interesting life and have a little bit better of an opinion on things than they do. But um, I'm probably biased because I'm I'm living <laughs> what I'm saying, so I don't know. But um, there's not a lot of gimmick or bullshit to to what I do. I'm I'm pretty genuine. That much you can say. Whether you whether you like what I say or you don't. But um, so yeah. So that's gonna be a you know a feature that's gonna be up on the uh, the Yakuza Kick Radio. Uh, like page in the in the near future another guy who i contacted who is actually going to be on the show in the near future is aaron williams so i'm i'm looking forward to talking to him not really sure on what week we're going to be having him on i say we and it's only me but um what week uh well we me and the listeners will be um listening to aaron williams but he is going to be on the show and i'm looking forward to that so you know working on some other guests as well but we'll take it little by little, and um, yeah, some big stuff coming up. So um, I'm going to take a break, come back, and hit up that uh, best of the best. Let me see. What do I got? All right, here we go. Let me do my 
living in your whip Till you crash into a brick wall To the nicest I be that nigga that be priceless Always blowing up your spot Bringing more surprises You you know you really need to come clean Let me do my thing Don't you even try to intervene I will endanger your species like an ostrich Hold you hostage and crazy feet you swine sausage Ha! I be the number one chosen Just to keep you open Chill with your thoughts I got your brain frozen Pay the prices Made the needed sacrifices To present the grand opening Of flip mode and
to co-host the rest of this show. All right. I got it. So that's Senshi. <laughs> He's my little uh, blue-eyed kitten. I call him a kitten. He's seven years old. Um, get out, Sen. Um, so anyway, um, CZW. I um, went to now, this is Best of the Best 14. I have gone to 13 Best of the Best, including the first one. I missed, I think, Best of the Best 11 or now. Yeah, I'll say 12. I think I missed number 12 because I had taken my year off, mostly because of the person who I had not mentioned that I will later mention on another show. Uh, so anyway, um, but so Best of the Best has always been one of my favorite shows. Um, I was there the first one with the um, the Briscoes and everything else, you know, against each other. And, um, and the second one with Jody Place and Johnny Storm and um, – you know, it's always just an awesome tournament. It really is. Um, since I've come back to CZW, I have found it near impossible to get front row. Um, to a certain extent, I do understand because, hey, man, you know, they held the front row for me for, you know, a good 11 years. Um, I feel like there could be a little bit more done. I really do as far as um, trying to work me back in there. Um, I'm working on it. I'm hoping I get some kind of decent response. I definitely think there could be a little bit more done for someone who's been as ridiculously loyal as I have for all these years. You miss one year after loyally attending monthly for 11 years. And I think you, you know, you do what you can to really help that person out. But Right now, I'm kind of getting the you're you're just like everybody else. Nope, sold out. Nope, ah, yeah, second row. Uh, I couldn't even get second row for tournament of death. Um, I'm general admission for tournament of death. And as far as I knew, I was general admission for best of the best. Fortunately, I absolutely lucked out. Um, we were standing in line, and the guy walked down the line and said, "Anyone want two front row?" Fucking jumped right on that. Um, that was like. I mean, the, the night was just absolutely amazing, and that was the first um, that was the first tremendous thing that happened that night for me. Was holy shit, we just got front row. You know, uh, I felt like already bad like going into it, like sitting general admission, fucking best of the best. God damn it! Last year we got like at least we got second row, so it was not as bad. But you know. Just upsetting to know that we were going to have general admission, but you know, just wanted to see it, you know, any way I could. But um, front row, and not only front row, but a place I've never sat in the front row out of all these years of attending CZW, and I was front row every month after you know the first handful of shows. First handful of shows, I was not front row, but um, then we uh, we locked down that front row spot and we were there every single month. It was just a given. That's, that's where we sat. And, um, you know, we've, we sat on, you know, this side, that side, hard cam side, which to me is, is cool. You know, people are always, Hey, I've seen you on this, this DVD. I've seen you on that. Oh, I was watching that old match and I saw you, which, you know, it's cool, but I've never been a big, like, I want to be on camera guy. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm not, I'm not the show. I'm a fan. So that, 
that never really has a draw to me. Um, but the, um, you know, the picture side of things is fucking awesome to me. So the fact that this, these seats we got was all the way in the corner, front row, entrance side, which means, you know, where the guardrails come to, you know, a point, we're right there in that corner. So I turn, I turn around, and I got perfect entrance pictures. I turn the other way, I got perfect ring pictures. It was awesome. You know what I mean? You're not really behind the pole, and you're not um, – and you're in perfect position to get entrance pictures, which I've never, ever been in position to get entrance pictures. So to me, that was just the coolest shit in the world. Um, and I'm hoping I'm, you know, able to do that again sometime in the future. Um, best of the best, you know, what a show to be able to. So um, that was, uh, you know, that was the beginning thing. Uh, they start out, uh, start out the show. And uh, DJ Hyde comes out, you know, cuts the little thing talking about, you know, these are the 12 guys. Uh, he pays respect to a ring crew member, Matt Shepard, who's going to go over to Afghanistan to fight. And, um, you know, much respect to that dude. And then he paid tribute to uh, Larry Sweeney on the anniversary of his death. And, you know, 12 men in the tournament. He said, oh, it's 12 large. Um, so he introduced everybody. Um Round one, match one, you had Tommy End, Aaron Williams, and Caleb Conley. Um, Caleb, Caleb. Um, this was a great match. Really, really good stuff. Uh, you know, Caleb did a lot of really good high-flying stuff. Aaron Williams, um, they kind of played him away a little bit for the, the beginning of the match. And you kind of knew that it was going to come down to Aaron Williams and Tommy End squaring off. Um, Tommy End is a tremendous talent. Um, so it, that's what it came down to, Tommy and Aaron Williams. And, um, yeah, just just absolutely great opener. Um, I mean, what more can you say? These, these guys are all really, really talented guys. Aaron Williams could have went to the second round. Um, Conley, I mean, they just have not but Conley – in in a fashion that would dictate him going to the second round. They did that whole failed thing with um, what's-his-nose over there, uh, Phil Stamper. You know, they had that whole thing that I was completely against with Phil Stamper because I don't feel that he has any uh, – I don't feel he has any um, quality. I don't know know a nice way to say it. I I just don't see any value in in Phil Stamper. I just don't. but, uh, you know, they, they just kind of bounce them around. And I've always thought Caleb Conley's a great talent. But when you get a guy that's in the company pretty consistently, it's going to be hard to put him forth, you know, if you don't do something strong with him going into the tournament. So I never expected Conley to even, you know, go past the first elimination. But, man, he performed his ass off in this match. And uh, Tommy End um, advanced. And and uh, there you go. Uh, match two, Jonathan Gresham beat Tracy Williams and Trevor Lee. Uh, Jonathan Gresham has started doing this gimmick. This is the first time I saw it live, the octopus gimmick. This is phenomenal. I'm going to go a little bit of a spoiler here and just say that, in my opinion, Jonathan Gresham had the best performance of the entire night. 
throughout this tournament, his performance was just phenomenal. Um, he played a heel character. Um, you know, part of the octopus gimmick is he has the mist, you know, the ink, if if you will. And um, he is just a tremendous, tremendous wrestler. And the things he did in this tournament was just, just amazing. Um, Tracy Williams played a really good supporting role. And Trevor Lee is just fucking awesome. I love Trevor Lee's style. His, uh... He has a real, I know it's it's a real un, overused term, I should say, um, unorthodox. He has a very unorthodox style. They call him the Carolina Caveman. And he has that kind of, uh, you know, he kind of stumbles a little bit. Like he's got like a, a real different mannerism to the way he does his stuff in the ring. But everything looks so good. Um, I really like that guy's... Uh, that guy's ring work. I, I think he's a, a great talent. Looking forward to seeing him back in CZW next month up against Andrew Everett. That's going to be fucking awesome. But Jonathan Gresham went forward as he should, and um, that was that was that match. Um, next match was CJP defeating Joey Janela and Joe Gacy with Tim Downs. Now my pick. For this tournament was Joe Gacy, so imagine my surprise when Joe Gacy went out first round. Um, another thing that, you know, had a lot of talk about it, including me, saying, CJP, why are they bringing this guy in? Why, you know, uh, he must have cost them a bunch of money. Um, what are they doing? Nobody even really knows who this guy is. Um, I mean, all those things are probably very true. However guy was worth every bit of money that they may have spent on him. Uh, he's another guy that played a tremendous heel character. His in-ring work was fucking awesome. Um, he played the the perfect counterpart for the guys he was in the ring with. Um, I, I'm looking forward to see more of this guy's work on the indies. I'm hoping that CCW will bring him back in. I'd like to see him. I was thinking uh, the following day, I was thinking, man, he would, he would be perfect for a world title shot up against G's. And then, uh, G's, without me even saying anything, he actually posted that, like, when are you going to book this guy against me type thing? Um, he's a great talent. Uh, you know, he was getting heel heat all night. And then, you know, when he went out at the end of his match, he got a huge pop. He still threw the heel heat back on him, but, um, he, he performed his ass off. Really, really good talent there. Um, and um, <laughs> it's funny, too, his, his T-shirts. He's got a T-shirt that says, I broke Kevin's nose. So he's, he's capitalizing off of that one big NXT uh, match he had against. Uh, obviously, he had more NXT matches, but that match against Kevin Steen that uh, was Steen's debut. So I thought that was pretty funny, that shirt. But, um Joey Janela, man, he bumped his fucking ass off in this match. He definitely, he worked his ass off, man. Um, you know, going into this match, I was actually hoping that Janela would pull this off, you know, knowing that he was such a long-time fan and to wind up being in best of the best and how much it meant to him. I just felt really good about him being in it and just knew that he was going to bust his ass, and um, he did. Um, you know, he went out first, but... Um, you know, either way, he did great. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do with him in ZZW. 
I hope they book him highly and really showcase what he could do out there because he's just going to keep telling himself to, you know, prove himself time and time again. So uh, Janelle is a guy that's that's going to do big things for CZW if they they put him in the right spot. Um, Tim Donson, Joe Gacy, they came out, um, and within, uh, you know, the entrances, right following the entrance, David Starr came out. And uh, started, you know, cutting promo and stuff on uh, on Tim Donst. And uh, he was pretty much going to attack Tim Donst. Joe Gacy stuck up for him. By the end of the match, he cost Joe Gacy the match by hitting him with the chair. And, uh, you know, obviously going to kick off a feud between Joe Gacy and David Starr. Um, and CJP advanced. Keyball Mike Bailey advanced against Bucks Belmar and Andrew Everett. Um, this is another really good match, man. I am just going to sound like a giant mark during this show because I don't have anything bad to say about it. I'm going to give my, you know, um, my feelings and give you the best detail I can. But in the same token, this was one of the best CZW shows ever. Um, top to bottom, great. I got to give DJ a lot of fucking credit for booking this shit with some form of intelligence. With um, There seemed like there was a reason behind everything that was being done. There were future storylines being built. Um, there was a great dynamic of heel face and who went forward in the tournament made complete sense as to what they were setting up. Um, I mean, it, it was just such a well done show. Really, really well done show. Um, Bailey went over Bucks and Andrew Everett. Obviously, Bucks and Bailey have a tremendous chemistry. They tag together in Canada, and um, they have in CZW as well. But they know each other very, very well. Andrew Everett is one of the best high flyers in the business. Um, really is. It's good to see him back in good form after a really bad injury. And uh, he's going to tear it up at Trevor Lee next month. Um, Bucks Belmar, I got to say, uh, I was watching this guy, and I continuously watch this guy since he showed up in CZW. I think this guy is absolutely perfect for TV. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of things that are going to have to be tweaked as far as him. Um, he's not going to be able to, you know, yell penis and do like that uh, that shining wizard crotch move. Um, you know, a little bit of difference that he's not going to be able to do on TV. But the gross-out gimmick as well as having the wrestling ability he does and the amount of selling – and dedication to his gimmick that he has, I cannot imagine that Vince wouldn't eat this shit up. And Vince likes the gross stuff. If you think back when he did the whole he's going to puke draws thing, um, he's into that. Now, you can tone it down. You could do a little bit different things. But one thing that will absolutely work, be allowed, and, and all that on the WWE is even something that, Bucks does on a regular basis, like licking the bottom of another guy's boot. That shit gets crowd reaction every time. It would be done on TV where he would get the crowd reaction. Everyone would go, oh, oh God, gross. And I, I think it would it would really get him noticed and get him over and have him stand out. And the different things like that that he could do. I mean, it, there's just the possibilities are endless for that guy. He dedicates so hard to his fucking gimmick, no matter, you know, what type of crowd he's in front of. Imagine what he could do on TV. Okay, so there's a little bit of limitations as far as what he could 
you know, he could do gross-wise. But obviously, as far as the let him go, he'll go, man. He is, um, you know, he can mix that uh, pro wrestling mixed with fear factor into the WWE and have that guy, uh, you know, really bring some eyes to the product with something different. And, um, you know, like I said, he's, he's fucking gross, man. That shit stands out. He commits. Um, but, yeah, so speedball goes ahead. Um, and then that's, uh, like I said, they, they, uh, they lined that up there with the, uh, Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett match. Um, next up non-tournament match, you had Devin Moore beating the wrench Connor Claxton in the scaffold match. This is another one of the, uh, death match trial series that, uh, Connor Claxton has to go through. Connor Claxton is an absolute CZW uh, he's just the beginning now, but this guy is going to be a big name CZW guy. And, and I think he can make his name very, very big in other places as well. I'd love to see him, you know, work some King of the Death match over, you know, in, in, uh, IWA Mid-South. I'd like to see him go a lot of places. This guy can wrestle on top of being absolutely insane deathmatch wise. He's one of my favorite people to, uh, photograph too because he has such a crazy look the guy bleeds fucking buckets and both shows that i was at i was able to pull some fucking awesome pictures man the one picture i got of uh him with uh devin in a chokehold one of my favorite pictures in the show and um very very happy with it and like i said this guy is fucking killing himself he goes above and beyond in these death matches. He works great ring work on top of it. Psychology, like uh, everything just comes together with this guy. And he's so fucking young and fresh in this, uh, you know, in this company, in this business overall. He's another guy that I, uh, I have to send a message to to see if uh, he'll come on the show because uh, the guy is, uh, he's, he's going to be a big, big deal. Now, um, Following the match, it was kind of impromptu. It wasn't supposed to really happen that way. Uh, they were supposed to kind of do the, the tournament of death reveal after next month's match with Danny Havoc, Panes of Glass. And um, they think they were supposed to do the de- the tournament of death reveal after that match. However, the fans were chanting TOD, TOD at Connor after the match because he, he's just fucking awesome and you know, why would you not want that guy in that environment showing how how good he is? Um, so DJ came out and told him, okay, you want TOD? You're in TOD first round against me. So it's it's uh, DJ Hyde versus Connor Claxton in the first round. But, uh, yeah, Connor Claxton is, is going to be a CZW superstar. You watch. Um Round two, Jonathan Gresham versus Tommy End. This was absolutely fucking perfect. Um, Gresham went in there and worked just fucking science on Tommy End's leg. Tommy End being the hard-hitting guy, twice the size of Jonathan Gresham, and he just fucking broke him down and dissected him and uh, just, perfect match. I mean, it, this thing has worked so well, and uh, you know, Tommy would get the huge pops from kicking the shit out of Gresham, and Gresham was just 
doing like all all the uh, you know the, the work on the leg and just the the technical work to just outsmart Tommy N and um, you know hit him with the mist and everything else and got the win. Um, just great shit. The next match was uh, Speedball beating CJP. This was another perfectly worked match, perfectly lined up with CJP up against Bailey. Um, CJP came out in the NXT jacket. He cut a promo that Chris had to later on steal when they turned heel, or Dave Chris, I should say, is the one who uh, stole it. Had to steal parts of before because there wasn't a better heel promo that you could have cut that night. He came out there, and he cut a promo saying, hey, you know, I met John Moxley, I met uh, Sammy Callahan, I met Drake Younger. They all told me about CZW, and I'm not impressed by this place at all. I, now I know why they left this shithole. You know, like, he completely healed it up. He cut a perfect promo for that crowd, for that place and everything else. And like I said, later on, Dave Christ had to turn heel and go, hey, just like the other guy said, <laughs> you know, you know, goddamn well you got a good heel promo when another heel has to reference your promo later on that night. That, um, he did his goddamn thing in that promo. So, um, he did that. He played the chicken shit heel. Bailey played the guy who was just kicking the hell out of, uh, CJP. And, uh, you know, eventually it became a great back and forth. Um, and Bailey went ahead. Um, Next up was OI4K versus Nation of Intoxication. This ended in a no contest. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing I'd have to look for, further into this, which I'm not sure if I'm going to do. But um, I had said last week, because I had read on the Facebook, some people had brought it to my attention that uh, they said, Jake Crisp is retiring. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I said, yeah, injuries and this and that. And I read some things on the, on his Facebook that were saying, like, yeah, due to injury, this and that. So I don't know if that's something that, that's to come and he's finishing out some kind of run or doing some some last uh, stretch here with CZW. Um, in, the, uh, in the realm of CZW, nothing has been mentioned on Jay Chris slowing down one bit. So... I don't know if it was an angle as far as another company goes that he's working for or, you know, if there's some some real, uh, you know, things brewing in the future as far as him stopping. That I don't know. But, I'm you know, I'm glad to see him continuing. And, um, yeah, this, this was a good match. Good back and forth. Eric Ryan ran out and uh, interfered, which was funny because uh, – Everybody was anticipating Gage so much. A bald guy hopped the ring, and one guy jumps up out of his feet and goes, Nick fucking Gage! Nick fucking Gage! It was, it was funny as hell because, uh, yeah, he was just just waiting on Gage so hard that the first bald guy to hit the ring. He's like, holy shit! <laughs> but, um, yeah, they turn heel. Uh, they... Jake Chris threw a fireball in Devin Moore's face when he came to try to save when um, Eric Ryan was in there. Uh, Dave Chris threatened to urinate on the title belt, started to take his pants down. The locker room cleared the ring. Uh, they bounced out of there. So uh, I think it's going to continue the OI4K Nation of Intoxication matches. And now that OIK is healed, 
this would be a feud, full-blown feud, rather than just matches out of respect that they were having before. I think they have great chemistry together, and I'm um, looking forward to see, you know, what they do next. Next up, Alexander James is out, and as soon as his music hit, I said, he is fucking dead. This late in the card, we're still waiting on Gage. This is the fucking guy that's getting it. Sure enough, he comes out, and you're just waiting on the keyword. There was just going to be, like, you know, whatever your dog's kill word is or whatever. You know, you got one of those crazy-ass dogs that goes and bites people when you say a certain thing. Um, which, you know, I wouldn't recommend you do. But um, fucking, you know, and just waiting, he's like, and I'm the man. And it's like, oh, there you go. Bong. <laughs> you know, fucking gauge music hits. Um you know, the lights go out, come back on, Dewey's in the ring with the pizza cutter, points, you know, laughs maniacally, points at the entrance, Gage comes out, fucking thunderous, fucking uh, pops for him. Uh, you can see me on the little video there, marking the fuck out, dude, because Gage is what's one of the only things that is left of the old CZW. Now, I know some new fans want to say ignorant fucking things like he's he's the one guy he can adjust and conform to the new czw you know by being a good combination of the old czw and the new you don't know shit i mean to to that statement you don't know shit he came in the ring hit two fucking moves you don't know a goddamn thing which is just to further my point that I've made a long time ago that if you were there for the old CZW, you'd be just as big of a fan of the old CZW. The fact that you did not see it is the reason why any one of those guys can come back from the old CZW. You'll claim it like he's a new new CZW guy, quote-unquote, and, and you'll be sucking his dick the second he gets there. So it's it's not a matter of anyone conforming. He got in the ring, did two fucking moves, it's ridiculous. The statements, the anti-old CCW statements just fucking sicken me because it's it's just trying to be cool because you happen to be there right now, and it's fine. Nothing is going to top the aura CCW used to have. That being said, as I said before, this was one of the best CCW shows that in in my memory. Uh, definitely one of the best top to bottom, best of the best out of every every one of them. CZW is still very, very capable of running unbelievable shows. It's just a matter of that happening. Um, but the aura that CZW used to have was something ridiculously special. And I'm also tired of hearing that CZW never had wrestling until DJ showed up because this is best of the best 14 fucking 14 they didn't just fucking stand in the ring and go i don't know what to do fucking dj didn't show up yet in best of the best no that's not what happened you didn't get fucking you know the briscoe briscoe match you didn't get fucking jody place johnny storm b-boy little cholo you didn't get all these fucking matches coming out of not knowing how to wrestle ccw has been a complete, as DJ likes to say, because it's always a food reference with him, but a buffet. CZW has always been a buffet. They've always had your wrestling matches, your death matches, your comedy matches. They've always had all of those things. 
So it's a different group. It's a different locker room. It's a different day. And there's no reason to hate new CCW for that because what happened back then is history. It's classic and this and that. But you can't tarnish the the old CZW by saying, a, like, a fucking reckless youth who worked there. Oh, he's not a good wrestler now because DJ showed up and booked a couple other different guys. It's it's just bullshit. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in the new CZW fans is to try to convince the world that wrestling is now invented in CZW, where before it was in every month's deathmatch tournament. That's fucking bullshit. And I'll be the first one to tell anybody who has a problem with that to their face because it's fucking garbage. Absolute garbage, uneducated, bullshit opinion. Anyway, so Gage comes out, huge response. Gage is fucking back. He looks great. He's been fucking working out in the fucking in prison. Um Starts to cut a promo and everything. Um, Tremont comes out. Big standoff. And um, fucking, uh, you know, they go back and forth a little bit. Jesus music hit. Jesus comes out and starts telling him, like, you know, you don't got to worry about this fucking guy at all. You need to worry about one thing, and that's the world champion. Ooh, I don't know what you're looking at him, why you're looking at each other for, but... <clears throat> I'm the only one with the world title, so clearly I'm the I'm the one to come get, you know. And um, you know, he said that Gage Gage must have been uh, you know, thinking about his fans while he was getting fucked in the ass in prison and all this shit, you know, riled everybody up. And um, yeah, it was, it was a good good promo segment. It was great to see Gage back. Jeez did his fucking thing in that promo segment. Um, obviously, you know, much anticipated Gage Tremont stare down. Um, Gage said the next time that he sees Tremont, they're going to be inside that ring, pull the ropes down, string up barbed wire. So talking about a no rope barbed wire already. Um, if I had to guess, because I know it's not going to be like a right away type thing. If I had to guess, I would say that that's going to happen. And again, no inside knowledge, just a complete guess, but I would say that's going to happen at CZW's, uh, CZW arena. Philly return in uh, July. That's that's what I would say. Is that's going to happen then? Um, but I could be completely wrong. So um, looking forward to just seeing Gage back monthly. Um, another thing, I'm just going to point out. Like I said, uh, I, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to be as um, as nice as possible, which is difficult when it comes to a certain person, but. Um, I asked, I saw Gage, you know, got a chance to talk to him a little bit, you know, nothing too, too uh, lengthy. Um, got a picture with him, everything else. Also asked him, would he come on the podcast? He told me, absolutely, hit up the Facebook, he'll hop right on now. Anybody who does not know, his Facebook is run by Brett Lauderdale, who hates my fucking gut. And those are likewise. Very uh, mutual feelings there. I'm not going to get into it about that dude tonight, but I'll tell you I immediately hit up the Facebook um, on the way home from there to send him a message to get shit rolling. So hopefully, you know, by the end of the weekend, maybe Monday, Tuesday, well, here we are Wednesday, and I've gotten zero response. So all signs would tell me that message has not gotten back to Nick as intended. 
Um, but he told me personally that he would absolutely do the podcast, no problem, this and that. I had actually tried to get him on the podcast before he went in. And I remember he didn't have, have he didn't have a phone at the time. And um, he was going to use somebody else's phone one time. It didn't happen. Uh, I talked to him at the next show. Um, there was just a little bit of, like, just difficulty making it happen. Because, um, I mean, you remember, you know, four or five years ago now, uh, you know, four and a half, whatever it was now, uh, not everybody had a phone, you know. So it wasn't as easy for everybody to, you know, just, okay, yeah, call in here, call in there. It was like, oh, shit, I don't, you know, some people were on, like, a minutes plan. So, you know, there was a lot of issues going on. And I, I had, uh, unfortunately, didn't get him on back then. He was one of the main guys I wanted on because he was a guy that I would talk to every single month and always had a great relationship with Gage. Gage would see me at a show that, you know, wasn't CVW. Force One, he saw me. He walked around the ring, fucking looked over. He's like, fucking J-Cat. You know, he knows who I am. I mean, Gage is uh, no stranger to who I am. Um, so, you know, he, I expect to get Gage on. How long it'll take, how much nonsense I'll have to go through, I have no idea. I expect to get Gage on. He had zero problem with them. Um, you know, you know, throwing me the okay in person. So I'll have to talk to him every show until eventually something works out. Just see what happens, you know. But uh, great to see Gage back. Um, finals. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gresham in the finals. Uh, Bailey won the best of the best. I personally really, really wanted Gresham to win. Um, just because, I mean, his performance, and nothing against Bailey, man, because he fucking killed it. But um, his performance was just fucking artful, um, Jonathan Gresham. And, uh, you know, the way he played that heel up. But it was going to be hard for him to go over as a winner and get any kind of pop because he played it so well. You know, and, um, but, man, perfect heel face shit. And um, just just great, great final. So well worked. And, um, I mean, that that's pretty much all I got. I, um... I don't know what else to say about this uh, this tournament. It was just fantastic, man. You got to go out of your way. You got to get this tournament. Um, stream CZW.com, I think it is. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, stream CZW.com. Get the, uh, the replay. Uh, CZW's back. Ian Voorhees, um, it's called Proving Grounds, Return of the King, and it's got Gage right on the fucking poster. So, you know, the man's going to be back. You got the uh, Pains of Glass match, Danny Havoc and Connor Claxton, and then you got the um, the High Flyers dream match in uh, Trevor Lee versus Andrew Everett. So big, big shit there. Like I said, I'm working on guests as far as, uh, you know, as – as early as it could be next week. I don't know. I'm going to have a lot to talk about next week. Um, you know, with my race going on here, hopefully having a guest. Um, a lot of big shit brewing, man. So um, definitely stay tuned. If anybody out there is listening, has not went and liked my Facebook page, the Yakuza Kick Radio Facebook page, Please go out there and like it. I appreciate it. Um, if you want to give any feedback, by all means, give me feedback, questions, anything you got, man. I 
we'll talk about anything. Um, I'm always willing to give my opinion on anything in the world. Um, you know, my opinion is just that, my opinion. But you know damn well that I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not one of these uh, ridiculous shows that uh, that do that type of thing. I'm not going to get into all the different shows that I dislike, but um, another time, another place. So um, I think that's about all I got. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm going to throw out there. Uh, well, shit, I mean, you want to come out, see some crazy shit about the Voorhees, not Voorhees, Jesus Christ, burn in New Jersey and go watch that fucking, uh, that Spartan shit. The uh, spectator tickets are 20 bucks. Go out there and, uh, you know, watch some crazy shit. Maybe you catch me jumping over a wall and climbing under some barbed wire. Um, I'm going to have a lot to talk about that shit next week, man. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, check out Best of the Best. You're going to love it. Absolutely. I uh, think that's all I got. Uh, check out the Sports Den. They're on tonight. All right. Uh, if Andrew Carluck's doing anything over there at the uh, Stern Nation, check him out, too. It's my dude. All right. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.